This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. I had never met another person with a disability that was like me, that would do anything to, to do what we got to do. We wanted the same sort of life that everybody else wanted to do, and we would do anything to get that. This is Death, Sex, and Money. Did you come? No, they just date. The show from WNYC about the things we think about a lot. Well, I see. You think you're the only one who's sexually frustrated. And need to talk about more. Ted support? You haven't paid me one cent. I'm Anna Sale. Nikki Villa Vicencio and Daryl Paulson have a five-year-old daughter. Her name is Allie. She'll say things to us like when she was about two and a half, she would say... When do I get my wheelchair? (laughs) And we're like, well, uh, maybe you don't get a wheelchair. And she has a stroller that she pretends is her wheelchair. Their daughter doesn't need a wheelchair, but Nikki and Daryl both use one. I'm in my chair probably a good 18 to 20 hours a day. Daryl and Nikki have both been disabled since birth. Daryl has cerebral palsy, and Nikki has a rare condition that makes her joints stiff. It's called arthrogryposis. She can't walk, and she doesn't have much use of her arms. I use my feet for everything, so I am in a wheelchair as well for when I'm out and about. But when I'm at home, I scoot around on my butt, which I call butt walking, Mm -hmm. which has really been an awesome um, thing to be a mother because children are on the floor. They love being on the floor with you. And so at home, I'm on the on the floor with Allie the whole time. Does she ever get impatient with you two? Frustrated? Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. She's definitely a typical five-year-old in the sense that she she definitely has her moments. I think sometimes she she want she wants to go ahead and do it herself because she thinks oh, that sure. she can do it faster or she thinks that she can do it better or maybe she doesn't want yep. mom's mom's extra saliva on the top of her 
her uh, brush or her whatever. brush or her. I use my mouth for a lot of things, and I brush my, her hair with my mouth. So I hold the brush in my mouth, and I brush her hair like that. So there are times that she'll be like, "Ew, that's gross," you know, kind of things like that. When Daryl and Nikki met, he was 38 and she was 24, just out of college. They were at a disability rights rally at the state capitol in Minnesota. It was a very cold day in March, um, and she was all but up. But the thing I noticed is that her feet were uncovered. And I was like, huh. And I said, aren't your feet cold? And she says, no, not really. Well, I convinced somebody to give me a pair of gloves, little little knitting gloves, and I went and brought them over to her and made sure she put them on. That was the start of her of a 30-day phone call session for me. to I repeatedly called her multiple times a day. And for some reason, she didn't want to pick up my phone call. Okay, wait, Nikki. So this guy (laughs) gives you gloves for your feet and then just starts calling you repeatedly. Like, what was your... (laughs) And he's older. (laughs) Like what? Well, it, what did you think was going really on? It sounds really funny when you, when it's said like that. Um, but uh, honestly, when I first met him, I thought he was kind of this wild older guy. I thought, well, he'll be kind of cool to like go to a party with or something like that. And then when he called me a bunch of times, I just didn't answer. I'm like. I didn't have, I guess, a specific reason. It wasn't like I thought he was weird or anything. And he was about to delete my number. And then I called him up and I said, hey, do you want to go out? Yeah, so she called me. And when she called me, I was so excited. I immediately said, sure. And I hung up the phone on her. <laughs> immediately called, I immediately call, called my mom. And I was so excited when I talked to my mom and told my mom I wasn't coming home until later. And... And and she said, what's wrong, Daryl? You sound like you're crying. I said, I'm not crying. I'm just happy. She called me. She called me. And I'm going out. So we did. Mm-hmm. And the evening that we went out was very interesting. I don't know if Nikki wants to elaborate on that. Well, but- let's just say we, we were trying to, I think we were trying to impress each other by drinking each other under the bar or something. Because <laughs> it was a messy we- evening. Yes, it was. Tequila and Red Bull shots. That's all I have to say. <laughs> and um, had both of you had serious relationships prior to, to your getting together? Oh, sure. Yeah. And I mean, probably not as many as um, the average able-bodied person, but definitely. Did you typically date able-bodied people or other people with disabilities? Yeah. I mean, me personally, I've I've dated both. Um you know, I it's it's really funny because um, my dad always used to kind of strangely say to me, well, if I complain about a boyfriend or something, he'd be like, well, why don't you just date a guy like you in a wheelchair? And that used to make me so mad. And Daryl, did, did Nikki feel like a different kind of relationship for you when you got together? Yeah, and absolutely, absolutely. I had just left a two-year relationship with, uh, with an individual with bipolar schizophrenia. And she was also eleven years older than me, so I was. I'm. I, I told myself I would never date somebody with a disability again. I said it was just challenging. So I, when I met Nikki, it, there was just something about Nikki. I, I was compelled to be with Nikki. I wanted to be more than friends with Nikki. 
and she wanted to be friends, and we kind of had to work that out. And then, yeah, um, we were out to eat, and um, he basically said to me, you know, I got too many friends. Uh, and I said, well, I just want to be friends. Why can't we just be friends with benefits? You know, hey. And he's like, well, I don't want to be that. And I just, I either want all of you or nothing at all. And 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 uh, so we talked through the whole night. And I guess we both decided, well, I guess we're meant to be together. It's kind of remarkable to me how clear both of you were. I mean, Daryl, you were so clear about the kind of relationship you wanted to have with Nikki. Right. I think that's really the whole basis of our relationship and what keeps us together. The unique thing about Nikki, when Nikki and I met, well, I was sleeping in my chair probably for a good better part of over 10 years. And she said, she said if you want to have a relationship with me, you're going to have to figure out how to get in and out of bed. And I said, well, I really don't know if I can do this. I haven't done it for a while. So originally, it for the beginning of it, it took um, me about an hour to do it. And now I, I think I got it down to 10, 15 minutes wow. on a good day. Nikki, why was that important to you? Um, You know, to be honest, I just felt like if this relationship was going to go where we both wanted it to go, that that's where it would have to go. <laughs> that you would have to be able to sleep beside each other. Well, yeah, definitely. When you first got together and when it became serious, did you talk about becoming parents together? Was that something that you envisioned together? We did, we did on and off, but I think we Not were. I think we were kind of I mean, joking about it more or less. You know? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we talked about it in the sense of how two lovers talk about stuff, pillow talk, you know, or whatever. But I don't think we ever. It wasn't like we were like, oh, and after we're together, then we're gonna have four kids together. It was nothing like that. Did you think it was an impossibility for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, when Daryl and I were both babies, our parents were told that we would never be able to even have children. You I know, mean, society tells us all the time that people with disabilities either can't have children or shouldn't have children. So, Nikki, were you using contraception? I was, but probably not as consistently <laughs> as I should have been. When she wasn't being appropriate with her abil- abilities to do her contraception, then she expected me to do my part. And I couldn't do nothing but put things on backwards or, or inside out. So that didn't quite work for me either. You mean so. putting on a condom was difficult? Correct. Yeah. So if it's too difficult, then we just don't use it. We just go with the flow. Coming up, Nikki finds out she's pregnant. It was quite the shocker. And she and Daryl quickly realize that they aren't the only ones who feel nervous about them being parents. This society in the state, or however you want to say it, looks at us like they, they can't care for themselves, so how could they care for another child? I mean, that's how people on the street even say it to our faces. Thank you. 
We first heard about Nikki and Daryl from journalist Catherine Joyce, who met the couple while reporting on pregnancy and disability for Cosmo's website. Catherine traveled to Minnesota to spend time with them and to meet their daughter, Allie. From a young age, she learned how to crawl into her parents' lap um, in their wheelchairs, and they have embraced a whole kind of range of adaptive parenting methods. Hmm. Is there one thing that you noticed them doing that you were like, wow, that's ingenious? Um, yeah, well, uh, Nikki uses her feet for most functions uh, that I would use my hands for. Um, I mean, so she, I, I watched her give a PowerPoint presentation um, using her feet to, you know, click through slides or, you know, to all the texting she was doing with me to arrange one to meet, um, she was doing with her feet. You can see photos and video of Nikki, Daryl, and their daughter, Allie, on our website at deathsexmoney.org. We'll post a link to Catherine's piece there, too. Thanks to both Catherine and Cosmo for connecting us with Daryl and Nikki. And we have an update about a family we had on the show who've been dealing with mental illness. Mark and Julia Lukacs talked about her bipolar disorder and her series of psychotic breaks before and after they had their son. Julia has been doing well in the two years since, working and stable on her current medication. And Mark has a new book out this month about their family. It's called My Lovely Wife in the Psych Ward. On the next episode... You you describe what you call the your hoe face. <laughs> Actress Gabourie Sidibe talks about her life before the movie Precious made her famous, including her first experiences with sex. The hoe face sounds like there was a line outside of my bedroom, and it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. And it wasn't like I'll take every I'll take anybody on. It wasn't like that. It, I just kind of hung out with people that did not. Um, serve or deserve me. This episode is brought to you by Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he will chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, Our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. I'm Shankar Vedantam, here to tell you about a great mystery. That mystery is you. As the host of a podcast called Hidden Brain, I explore big questions about what it means to be human. Questions like, where do our emotions come from? Why do so many of us feel overwhelmed by modern life? How can we better understand the people around us? Discover your hidden brain. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. This is Death, Sex, and Money from WNYC. I'm Anna Sale. Both Nikki and Daryl make money doing advocacy work for nonprofits. They also both receive federal disability payments, and their county benefits cover home health aides who assist them with things like bathing, dressing, and making meals. Six years ago, Nikki's aide also helped her take a pregnancy test. And we're doing the pee test in the bathroom, and it, like, turned right away. So it was like, yep, I'm pregnant. Did the two of you... Was there any ambivalence about it? Was there any part of you that was like, maybe this isn't a good thing? Absolutely. I think it was scared. It was a scared feeling. It was it was not that this wasn't the right thing or this wasn't the right feeling, but it was a scared thing. What do we do next? Right. What, what? I would say we weren't ambivalent. We were shocked. Not that it would be a bad thing, but like Daryl said, what do we do next? We had to change the ideals of some of our family members, even, that this was going to be an okay thing. Did you have family members say, you know, maybe it's not wise for you two to become parents? No. I don't think they would ever say that to her face. I do know that my mom had reservations about it. My mom had lots of reservations about a lot of things. But the one thing that we knew that my mom was supportive of us with is that we have a cat, and we've had this cat for eight years or whatever. She used to say, well, if we can keep the cat alive for a year, I know you guys can be parents. <laughs> so so, so we've kept the cat alive for a long time. We became parents. Nikki gave birth to their daughter in March of 2012. She left the hospital after five days. She jumps in the wheelchair and... I didn't quite jump, but... <laughs> well, not jump. I guess she didn't jump in the wheelchair. She scooted in the wheelchair and... Very it, slowly. <laughs> it was very painful. I imagine and it was, you, you had a C-section, Nikki? Yes, I did have a C-section. And the thing about it is, I don't know if you had one or not, but... I did. Um, most of my strength is in my torso. Yeah, I was thinking so, it must have been so painful to move if that's the way yeah. you move. Right. And that was the challenging thing going home as well, is that I was stuck, I was kind of stuck in bed for a while because um, of the muscles still healing. And then when we went to try to um, 
um, ask for more care from the county because of that. They denied us care, extra care for it, because my wound technically was healing properly. Because it was taped shut. But never mind that I couldn't hardly move and I had to take care of this brand new baby. It was a huge learning curve for everybody around us to try to figure this whole situation out. Um, and breastfeeding was a challenging thing. I ended up breastfeeding her for two, almost two full years. But starting it was super challenging because my hands are like small as child's hands. So I can't hold a baby the typical the way um, a typical mother holds her and sitting up. So the first positions that worked for us was like laying down side by side. And the baby doesn't know what's going on either. Mm-hmm. So you're both like trying to figure it out. Did you, did you ever feel like the state might be concerned about whether you were going to be safe parents for a baby? Oh, absolutely. We've always felt that. Yep. And we made sure that we volunteered to be in this program that was for um, at-risk families. So, um, And so what that meant is we had a a home nurse come to our house and um, weigh Allie and um, measure her and then also give us um, child development skills to learn. And we did this... Almost two years. Yeah, two years of Allie's life. And we did that, one, to make sure that we were doing the right thing, but two, to cover our butts and to know that if anybody did try to call Child Protection Services or anything like that, that we would have a record of saying that this lady has been here, she's seen that Allie is safe, she has seen that Allie is healthy, and that we are doing the things that we need to do. Did anyone tell you that it would be smart to create documentation about how you were performing as parents, or is that something that you knew? No, from... we just, I, I had... I mean, we're I, disability rights advocates. I feel like it's kind of ingrained in us. As... Well, and I also grew up, I also grew up on in, in foster care for a little bit of time when I was, a, when I was a young, young teenager. So I had a sense always in the back of my mind to always have somebody else check my stuff. Yeah, and I learned that as a very young person, too, um, that you, if you want something done, you have to get it written down. Did it make it, because you knew that people might be watching and questioning whether it was appropriate for you two to be taking care of a child, did it make you hesitant to to say out loud when you were having a hard time what was difficult for you? I think it wasn't difficult to say to each other. Um, I think it's been difficult to say to other people at times because when, when you're going through something that challenging, you feel like it's just you. You don't feel like you want to go to someone because then you feel weak or whatever or you feel like you can't take care of your own child. When their daughter was an infant, Nikki and Daryl did have some extra help. Daryl's mom lived with them for the year. And now that Allie's a bit older, she spends half her day at preschool. Nikki and Daryl don't have any additional child care. Once Allie's off the bus, she's with them for the rest of the day. And their home care workers aren't allowed to help with anything related to parenting. Unless she had a disability. Right, unless she had a disability. Because she doesn't, 
they our home care workers are not to do her laundry. They are not to do any meal preparation or anything. Or assist with the bicycle and getting it in and out of the van if I need to get it across the street to the park or something. I mean, they're not allowed to do any of that. Do you have rules about what you will ask her to do for you and what you won't? Yeah, I and mean, we yes always know. We yeah, yeah, I mean, we don't have hard strict rules, but we always tell her that she doesn't have to do anything for us. And the thing about it is there's times that I won't want her to do something for me, but she will be insistent. I mean, you can ask Daryl that. She will literally climb up me to make sure that she zips my yep, she coat. Will, or, she, they'll be like, I'm just trying to help her put her shirt on. And she'll be like, no, I'll, I'll do it. Thank you. Do you, do you worry about that since she's a little girl? Um, I don't fear it at all because she has a super strong personality and she's super independent. And so I guess I feel like, and, and I'm sure other people would feel differently than I do, but I feel that I don't worry about those things because she is very good at telling me what she does and doesn't like. Yep, there's times when she'll be like, no, no mom, I'm not doing that. I'm, I don't want to do it. I'm tired. And we'll be like, come on, can you do it this one time? Please just do it this one time and you don't have to do it again. Or she's the art, she's the, and she's a negotiator, she, man. She's the art of the deal. She knows, oh, how, yeah. she knows how to make a deal with mom and dad. So she's a typical five-year-old. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Nikki and Daryl have been together for eight years now, but they've never gotten married. Not legally, no. And why have you made that choice? It's not a choice. It's a matter of fear, most of all, because sometimes people say, well, if you get married and you're both on public assistance, then you have to join your finances together. And and um, and let's face it, if we do that financially, it's a loss for us. Right. It's not a benefit. So, I mean, you know, we already know we love each other. We already know that we're together because we we choose to be together. So I mean, I mean, sure, I'd love to marry Nikki someday, and someday we will do that. Because as Allie gets bigger, she wants to be a flower girl. Hmm. She wants to have the opportunity of throwing the petals down the aisle. And do you remember the first time your daughter realized that her parents were different than other parents? I think she I think she's always known that we were different. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting thing because she talks about it. One day I I this just blew my mind. She said to me, "You know, mom, you, I have a disability." And I go, "What?" I go, "No, you don't." She goes, "Yeah, I do. Um my disability is that I can't use my feet like you do." Hmm. Cuz she was trying to pick something up or do something with her feet. How old was she when she said that to you? She just said that, like, probably a few months ago. And, and Nikki, for you, what's it like to look at your little girl and to think about what you were like as a five-year-old? Um, You know, that's interesting. I, I look at her, and I see a lot of myself in her personality. Um, Well, the fact that we never thought we would have ever have children. So to see somebody who looks similar to you, acts similar to you, and has my husband's personality, which is pretty... Um, pretty out there at times, 
it, it's um, it kind of feels like you're in a different world at times. <laughs> to be honest, I'm like, whoa. Have you talked about having other children? Ah, uh, yeah, we have. Everybody talks. Everybody to asks us. us that, and I always say. Nope, I'm good with the one, and I'm sure Daryl would like another, but. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to push mom on that. I mean, it. you know, it's Nikki's body. It's her choice. It's her, I mean, she's done a tremendous great job with Allie. I think, I think the second one will even be a little easier, but, <laughs> um. But I can't. Uh, I enjoy practicing a lot. So, I mean. You mean practicing, <laughs> practice getting pregnant? Is that what you mean? Yeah. 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 So maybe we should go home and practice some more. <laughs> That's Daryl Paulson and Nikki Villavicencio. They've been pushing legislation in Minnesota this session that would allow home health care workers to assist parents with disabilities. And Nikki's preparing to run for their local city council next fall. The Cosmo piece by Catherine Joyce has even more reporting about parents with disabilities and the particular challenges they face, from finding doctors who will provide care during pregnancy to keeping custody of their young children. Watch our Facebook page this week for a link to that story. Death, Sex, and Money is a listener-supported production of WNYC Studios in New York. I'm based at the Center for Investigative Reporting in Emeryville, California. The team includes Katie Bishop, Emily Botin, and Andrew Dunn. Our intern is Adriana Rush. The Reverend John Delore and Steve Lewis wrote our theme music. I'm on Twitter at Anna Sale. The show is at Death, Sex, Money. And don't forget to subscribe to our weekly newsletter. Go to deathsexmoney.org slash newsletter. Nikki and Daryl have not always had all the help they've needed, but they've spent their whole lives coming up with creative ways to solve problems. If we want to open up a jar of uh, pickles, Mm. sometimes we go across the street to Mm. the um, regional trail that's across the street from our house and have somebody on the trail open it for us. (laughs) Just someone who's hiking by? Yep. Yep, Yep, we've done that multiple (laughs) times. Hey, hey, can you open this for me? Yep. I'm Anna Sale, and this is Death, Sex, and Money from WNYC. 